What we're doing this morning is we're wrapping up this series on the five purposes of our lives. And um, there are five purposes. We've drawn these out of the book, The Purpose Driven Life. And, but these are, these are things that the Scripture says are core foundational purposes that we live for. It answers the question, what on earth am I really here for? Um, we can answer that several different ways, and we've, we've listened to testimonies, and we've read statements and, and quotes of different people who've lived for different reasons, and all of us could, could say what we've been living for as well. But there really are five purposes that Scripture says are, are critical if you want to um, live your life the way that God designed it to be lived. So God created us, and just like everything that's been created has a purpose, we too have purposes. And so the first purpose we looked at was worship. Then we looked at fellowship. Worship is connecting with God and declaring to Him that He's first place in our life. We love Him with all our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Learning to do that is, is a lifelong journey and a process, though. That's just something we're all going to struggle with to express our heart to Him in that, in that way. But worship is an extremely important purpose. And secondly, it's fellowship. Learning to to purposefully and intentionally connect and stay connected to other people. Um, it's easy to just, um, to just see church as something that you go to, you hear a message, and then you leave. But there is a, a purpose of connecting that God has wired into who you, who you are. God wants you to connect meaningfully to other people. Then there's another purpose is discipleship, which is we are, we are all created to become like Christ. Not Christ. We weren't created to become gods or to become Christ Himself, but He's trying to make us, conform us, as Scripture says, into the image of His Son. So He wants us to look like, act like, think like, in a sense. Well, look like, maybe not, but I mean, Jesus, you know, we have a picture in our mind, but in the way that He did things, you know, He wants us to be like Christ. And then, and that, that really, that, that purpose of discipleship is something that God is going to work out in our life while we're here on earth. And to the extent that we cooperate with Him, the more and more we're going to be looking like Christ. Um, the fourth purpose we looked at last week was ministry and serving and the importance of the way that God has designed us all differently. And then today we're wrapping it up by looking at our mission. What is it that God wants me to do with my life? What is it that He has asked me to fulfill? Am I supposed to go somewhere to do something? God, what is it You want me to do? Um, Jesus, near the end of His life, he was praying this prayer, and he said this. He prayed this with his disciples within earshot, and he said this, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He was speaking to his Heavenly Father, and he's saying, God, I've been sent for a mission. He's, he's talking about what his purpose was, and he's saying, I'm also sending them into the world. In the same way that I was sent, now I'm commissioning, I'm sending these followers. Now he's about to die, and not long after this prayer that he prays, he does. He, he dies. He's killed. He's buried. He's resurrected. And then he shows himself alive, bodily alive. He shows the nail holes and he, he appears at different times to his followers. At one point, over 500 people saw him alive. And so he was verifying that he really did, in fact, he was God himself. And he did, in fact, rise from the dead. Not in just a spirit form, but in a bodily form, he, he rose. And at this point, when he showed up to the disciples, they were pretty uh, puzzled. And as you can imagine, I mean, if this happened in our day and age, 
And you, know, you can imagine, you see these, these events unfold. You know, Jesus is killed, he's tortured, he's beaten, he's, and he dies. You see him die, you see him pull him down from the cross, you see the tomb where he's buried, and then he shows up again alive. Just imagine, put yourself in their shoes. They're, they're startled. They don't know what to think here. They're puzzled about what exactly has happened. And they're, they're somewhat fuzzy on the game plan from here on out. Because he had been talking about the fact that this was going to happen, but they didn't actually clue into the, the bigger picture. They didn't necessarily buy into it until they saw him resurrected. The Scripture says they were, you know, they were often very confused and puzzled about what the things that Jesus was saying he was going to do really meant. So now here he is, he's alive, and he has to clarify their mission to him because, again, things are really, really fuzzy for them. And so he clarifies the mission. It says this in John 20, verse 21, he says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. He's trying to settle them down again because they're, they're somewhat confused still. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now he's already prayed this for them. Now he's telling them it's time to, to carry out your mission. There's something important, significant I want you to do. And so through this small group of followers, God's message now would, would move from life to life to life. Those of you who are here this morning, um, some of you who have connected with God, you've, you've decided to make Christ the boss of your life. What that means is you, you've yielded to Him as the Lord, as the, as the King, as, as Master. That's essentially what it means to become a Christian. You've accepted His, his gift of of eternal life, forgiveness for sins, but then also you've yielded your life to Christ as the Lord. Some of you are still in the process of thinking that through. But the way that the message typically moves is it goes from one person to the next. It doesn't just um, magically hit a city and just um, all of a sudden everybody believes in God, but typically the message moves as one person connects with another. They rub shoulders. They rub their life off on another person and then the message sometimes spreads through families, and then you see how the message goes from you know, this family to, to the extended family, and it just keeps moving outward. Well, that is the way that the, the gospel message spread in the first century. This small group of followers were very committed to this life-changing message that they began to share. They weren't ashamed of the message, but they actually boldly began to tell people what Jesus had done for them. And... Paul, Paul was one of the earlier followers of Christ, and he, he experienced this major transformation as the, as the message moved into his life. He actually encountered the risen Jesus Christ. He met Jesus. He saw him alive. And so, but look at how Paul summarizes his life. He understood this sense of mission, this purpose. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. He's trying to put things in perspective for his life here. And just prior to this verse, he's talking about all the rough things that he went through. And he, he's saying goodbye to some people that he was very close to. And he, he'd spent his life carrying out a mission. That, that early on, he was, he was moving in a certain direction. If you know the story of Paul, he, his name was Saul. And he was a, he was a man who was... He was a leader among those who were persecuting the new Christians. So those who were following Christ, Saul was a man who'd, who'd actually had permission from Jewish authorities to find out who the Christians were, find out where their houses were, drag them out of their houses and beat them until they would um, you know, either 
recant from their beliefs or he would just kill them. And so the Christians would be stoned and, and, and one, of the, the, one of the first that was martyred, his name was Stephen. It's interesting because Stephen, when he was martyred, it says Saul was there giving approval to the death of Stephen. He was standing there beside these, this angry mob that stoned threw rocks and killed this Christian. And it says Saul was, was standing there giving approval and he was in a place of honor. If you read the text, you can see he was highly, you know, he was way up there as a, as a Jewish leader. Well, Jesus appears before him and just alters his life. And he says, I'm going to give you a new mission. The man that he was approving, the, you know, that people would die for had gotten a hold of his heart. He turned his life in a totally different direction. And now something was really, really different in his life. And so this, this statement here is really critical because he had went through a lot of training leading up to the point of becoming a Christian, to be a Jewish leader as he was. And then as a Christian, he was beaten himself. So it's interesting the way things kind of came full circle in his life. He was beating Christians, and now as a Christian, he was one that was being beaten. And, but he gave his life for this, for this mission, to share the good news of Christ. And he said, this, was, this is what it's all about. I consider my life worth nothing to me. This is a great verse. I think this is kind of a purpose statement for Paul's life. This is what he's all about. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. But sharing hope is really the last purpose. This is the, the fifth purpose. And it really is a centerpiece that we build around in church life here at OCC. So my fifth purpose is this, is to share the good news. You can follow along if you'd like. There's a listening guide and pens on the chairs. This purpose is often referred to as evangelism. Uh, typically when we think of evangelism, we think of, you know, you might have images of street preachers. You might have images of knocking on doors. You might have images of people on TV with big hair and, and nice suits. And, but in Scripture, evangelism is simply it's carried out by ordinary people who, who tell others about Jesus Christ. The message moves life to life. That's what evangelism is. Ordinary people sharing Christ with others. And God is the one that supplies the power to, to carry out this mission. Acts 1.8 Jesus said this, He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, Jesus was giving his, his followers a mission. He was saying, look, I, your life is now going to be redirected towards this mission of sharing this message, sharing the good news about Jesus. And he's, he's telling them, you're not going to have to do this on your own power, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. And then you're to be witnesses. In scripture, we've looked at this before. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but the role of, of, of our role is to be witnesses and that's very different than the role of an attorney. Attorneys are those who persuade and, and you know, they've got to, uh, they have a, a lawyers and attorneys have a very different job than a witness. A witness reports the facts, right? And that's the role that we're to play. We're to share about the difference that Christ has made in our life. We're to share about the message of hope that has been revealed to us in the Scripture. And then God, He is the one that does the persuading in people's lives. Now, we can urge and we can we can say, you know, I, I think you really need to take this seriously. And I, I really would be great if you would evaluate where you're at on this journey 
you know, it's good to urge, but when we, we have to be careful when we start trying to pressure and play the role that God has, has, has accepted upon Himself to play. But in this verse, in Acts 1.8, what you see is you, you see three regions being talked about. He says, you will be my witnesses, first in Jerusalem, and then in all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This, this can be interpreted in some different ways, because there is some geographic context that he's talking about. Jerusalem was where they were. Judea Samaria was the, the, the outer region. And the ends of the earth is kind of everywhere else that they understood of at that point. But you know, this, the message did move outward eventually. It started where they were at, but then it slowly trickled out to where the gospel, the message of Jesus, has really reached you know, all around the world. There's still places that are to be reached, but it has spread from Jerusalem. And I want to look at this, this geographic idea because I think it's important for us to understand what it means. Jerusalem really represents the people closest to me. Those closest to me, those that I already know, those in my life, in my world. Okay, and then Judea and Samaria, these are the regions that are, that are it would be like us talking about you know, Riverside and then maybe all of Los Angeles, Inland Empire. is kind of more the regional sense. But the important thing about this is this is talking about people near but different from me. Because those who were in Jerusalem, the Jews in Jerusalem were different than those religiously, ethnically different from those in, in Samaria especially. And so there was some... They were nearby. I could get to them, but they were different from me. And then there's this idea of everyone else. Everyone else, the ends of the earth. And God's plan has always been to take this message outward. It has always been to reach the widest spectrum of people. God is not partial. He doesn't play favorites, but God has his his great plan is to, has been to carry this this message outward. And so Look at this verse in Ephesians 3.11. Paul, he's, he's speaking about how his role is to reach out to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews with a message of hope. And he says this. He says, what he's doing, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. He, he's talking about, again, his mission to reach the Gentiles is in accordance or in line with God's eternal purpose. This is something that God didn't just... Um, this wasn't a plan B in God's um, grand design. But the fact that Jesus did what He did and the message would reach to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, and eventually reach to the ends of the earth, that was God's plan A. God's plan A has always been to redeem all of us, to give us all an opportunity to come to know Him through Jesus Christ. And we might, look at the, we might read the Bible and say, well, so you're saying that God plan that Jesus would die and that he that he you know that all of these things was all part of the plan that man would rebel and you know got the scripture is saying that this all of this all of this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord this whole issue of Jesus Christ this is the heartbeat of the universe we were created for a very special purpose to connect with the God who who created us who loves us and this issue of what God was doing through Jesus Christ this is the main issue in Scripture. Everything before, everything in the Old Testament was pointing towards Jesus Christ 
and God's plan to redeem the world through Him. And then everything after, it points back towards what Christ did and the significance of that, of that event where God Himself became a man. And so this, this issue was the core of God's plan. It's also to be the core issue for us as we live on the earth. This is our mission, is to share this, this message of what Jesus did. And completing this mission requires that we have this geographical understanding of this passage in, in, our, in our minds. The first thing is this. I must share with those in my world. Just like he said, you know, first you're going to start in Jerusalem. There are people that, that are in your world right now, the people closest to you that God wants you to share with. If you know Christ and you, you've yielded your life to Him, then your mission first is to, is to understand there's people in your family, there's people in your friendship circle, there's people that you work with, there's people that you already connected to that God wants you to share that message with. And we're going to look at how to share that, but look at what happens in Luke chapter 8, verse 39. This comes from a story, and I'll give you a little bit of context from this story. Jesus, Jesus is, uh, he lands at this region... And it says that he steps off the boat and he's met by a demon-possessed man from the town. I'm just going to read from the Scripture. This is Luke 8, 8.27. It's not going to be up on the screen. It says, For a long time, this man, he had not worn clothes. He hadn't lived in a house, but he lived in the cemetery. He lived in the tombs. Okay, He was kind of the outcast of society because of this problem he had. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his face, shouting, at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. Now this is the demon speaking through the man. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. It says, Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken, broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. And then a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And he gave them permission. And when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs. And the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake. And they were drowned. And when those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. Now everybody in the town knew about this demon-possessed man who lived in the tombs. He was estranged from his family at that point. Didn't wear any clothes. I mean, people knew about this guy. And now they heard what had happened. And it says, When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. And then all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. And then it says, it's interesting, I read all this because it says, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. He wanted to go with Jesus. This man had just set him free, given him freedom that he hadn't experienced. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home, this is the verse in the outline, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. God often sends you back to your own people very quickly. When you come to faith in Christ, sometimes we think, well, I need to go to the far, you know, I need to go on a mission out of town. People know me here. I'd like to start over. I'm going to start a new life. But what Jesus does in this man's case is he says, go back to your town and tell 
tell what I did. Now that's powerful because the people that, that he knew, his family, those people would have the greatest, this would make the greatest impact on them because they knew all about him. And for those of you who've come to faith in Christ, this is a really important thing to catch is that you know, God wants to send you quickly, very, you know, very quickly, back to the people who already know you because they will be the one who recognize the difference in your life if you, if you truly yield your life to Jesus Christ and let Him work out His purposes in your life. And so th- this is the case in the demon-possessed man. You know, I've seen this happen many, many times where people come to faith in Christ and others around them really can't pinpoint that they know something's different and they begin to scratch their head and they, they become curious themselves. And that's the point of it. God is trying to spread this message as we reach those already in our world. First Peter 3.15, there's guidance we're given on how to share. It says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, this, this verse may really scare you because it's saying there might be some times where I need to speak up. Actually, the truth is, we, this is our mission. We have been called to speak up and to share about the difference that Christ has made in our life. To, to live with the four purposes that we've looked at and then ignore this is to really live in disobedience. To ignore the mission of sharing the good news is to live outside of God's plan for your life. And there will be a sense of... of, of of emptiness, a void in your life if you miss this, if I miss this. And any time when, I, when, I, when I'm feeling purposeless, oftentimes this is the issue. I recognize, man, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not really sharing with others around me. Now as a pastor you might think, oh that's weird, he shares probably every week on a Sunday. But in a relational way, in the people that I already know, in the people that I encounter, we have this responsibility, all of us, to share with those in our world. And the phrase here at the very end of 1 Peter says, but do this with gentleness and respect is really critical. To not miss this is to offend and to be um, obnoxious to a lot of people. Just to to think, I've got this message. I need to tell everybody about it and I don't care what they think. I'm not going to be gentle. I'm going to be disrespectful. I'm going to be harsh. I'm going to get up and I'm going to yell at them. That's really to violate the guidance that God gives us in the Scripture here. We're to do this with the needs of other people in our mind. We're to be sensitive to those who are still in the process of thinking this through. Most of us would prefer to keep our faith completely to ourselves, a private matter. And the truth is, Christianity is personal, but it's not private. It's something very deep and personal, but it's not something to be kept inside. We're told to share. And... I wanted you to um, hear from Janelle. Janelle Fagg is going to come up here and she is going to give us a... Is this on? All right. Here you go, Janelle. This is Janelle and, and she she grew up here in Riverside. And so maybe tell us, like, you grew up in your Riverside and, and when did you come to Faith in Christ? Um, when I was in high school. Okay. And so... Janelle, tell us a time when you, you shared with those already in your world. Um, God's given me lots of opportunities to share, and sometimes it's been really difficult with people that I'm closest to because, like Josh said, they know all about you. Um, one opportunity was with a roommate. 
had in college who was really struggling with um, alcohol and drug abuse. Um, and I was able to, one specific time, um, we were talking about the choices that she was making and how that was affecting her life. And I was able to really talk about how God had saved me from making a lot of um, destructive choices and um, had given me a hope. And um, by sharing um, what I'm talking about is really talking through, like, specific um, times in my life and specific examples. And then... Um, also sharing verses um, from the Bible about, um, about the way that he had given me that hope and the way that he had saved me. And then another time, um, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, let's hear another, another time. Another time was um, <laughs> with my aunt, um, so someone in my family. Um, she was really struggling. She had shared with me about um, feeling lonely and like she didn't really have a, a community or any friends that really knew what was really going on in her life. Um, and I was able to share specific ways that um, God had really helped me to feel um, to not feel lonely and to feel like I had a support system, um, specifically through my church. Um, I was able to share about specific times that um, people in my church had helped me um, through something difficult or had just been there to walk with me, um, you know, as I was making big decisions or anything like that. Have you ever been overseas? I have. Where did you go? Um, I went to London and India. For mission purposes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did it occur to you when you first came to Christ that that was what you needed to do, or was it more natural for you to just kind of start where you were? Um, Honestly, I think it was easier for me. It felt more comfortable for me to go to a place that um, nobody knew me, um, and it felt easier to really um, share Christ with those people. But um, through those experiences, I realized that it was more important for me, um, not more important, but that it was important for me to um, understand how to share with the people I was closest to if I really wanted to be effective with everybody else in my world. That's great. Thanks, Janelle. Appreciate that. You know, that, that's really what she said is so true. It's like, and I think that's probably what the demon-possessed man was thinking too. He's like, I want to get out of town and start a fresh life. These people know me as the crazy man running around with no clothes. And, and he wanted to start fresh. And so, not that that had anything to do with Janelle. And so, but what, I, what I'm saying is, People already knew her here. And so, for good and for bad. I mean, that's the, that's the great thing. is you're already, God has already dropped you right in the midst of relationships for a purpose. And don't miss that. As you think about, sometimes we can get very, and rightfully so, excited about the, the outer regions and the people that have never heard, and we ignore the people that are right before us. And, and again, this is, this is what's on God's heart. Look at this verse in 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. It's talking about His return. This is a verse in, in... He's talking about the fact that Jesus Christ, there will be a day when He will return. The day of the Lord. And it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping that promise of returning, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's heart is that, you know, all from all tribe, all tongue, and all nation, that, that there would be people from all of those places that would come to know Him. He's reaching. He's not impartial to just a certain kind of a race or an ethnic group. God wants that all people would come and worship Him. That is His plan A. And He's working that plan out through Jesus Christ, but He's commissioned us. He's given us that mission. Now secondly, it says to go to Judea and Samaria. This is the, the second point is, I must dare to reach beyond my world. 
We need, we need to be willing to reach out past our own comfort zone, beyond our world. All of us have a, 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 a area of comfort where we, we live, you know, and we like to stay in the safe zone. But if you're trying to stay in the safe zone, again, you're going to miss this purpose of life. And you won't, you won't share. Because there are lots of people who are not in your world already. There's people you don't already know that God desires that you connect with, you share your life with, and you share this hope with. But it's very easy for us to just stay with those that, are, that look like us. They listen to the same music. They have the same skin color. They, they make around the same income. They've had the same schooling. They play the same sports. They've got kids our, our kids' age, or that you know, we just and so we if we're not careful, we can limit ourselves and our effectiveness and living out this purpose if we just play it safe. Look at the, what Paul said. He's the church planner, and he he was willing to adjust his lifestyle in order to reach the broadest and the widest group of people. This is in First Corinthians chapter nine, verse nineteen through twenty-two. He says, "Though I am free, and belong to no man." He says, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So he limits his freedoms in order to reach more people, is what he's saying. Then he says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew in order to win the Jews. So he adjusted himself in order to be effective among the Jews. He knew the traditions, the customs. He was able to operate and to share, to live out this purpose within a Jewish setting. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. And then he says, though I might, I myself am not under the law. So as to those, so as to win those under the law. And then he says, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So now he's saying, I went to those, the Gentiles, those who didn't live by God's laws. I, I would relate to them in a way that made sense to them. But I still, he said, but I didn't cross boundaries. I didn't violate God's laws. I lived within, I, I lived with my conscience, is what he's saying. I let the Holy Spirit still guide the way that I live my life, and God's law still gave me guidance. And that's important because sometimes in our relating to those who, who we want to reach out to, we cross, we cross lines that God says we shouldn't cross. Oh, we want to fit in with everyone, so I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to talk the way they talk, I'm going to do what they do. What Paul's saying here is, I, I was willing to meet with those. And get to know those outside who didn't have God's law, but God's law was still at work inside of me. I still had a, I still, you know, was being careful with the way that I lived my life. And then look what he says. He says, "To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings." He's saying this because he's adjusting, in or he's daring to reach outside his world. He's busting through barriers that are naturally there in order to be most effective in life. And this, again, is what it's all about. First, we reach those in our world. Then we are willing to get to know people who aren't like us. Religiously, ethnically, socioeconomically, um, you know, age-wise. I mean, there are all sorts of barriers that we put up that would prevent us from reaching out. But God's saying, and Paul's saying here, I, I just knocked down all those barriers. I, the only barrier I had was I made sure I stayed within God's boundaries. You know, this gives us the opportunity to reach people all different places in all kinds of settings in life. Look at James says in James 1, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted 
by the world. We don't want to have to face God and tell Him, you know, I only hung out with people that were like me because that's the only people I was comfortable with. God wants us to reach past, to reach into people's world and into people's lives. He's, his, he, we are actually His hands and feet to touch the world. He's trying to do this through us. Look at what He says in Matthew. Jesus said this. For those who really know Him, He says this. He says, For I was hungry, and You gave Me something to eat. I was thirsty, and You gave Me something to drink. I was a stranger, and You invited Me in. I needed clothes, and You clothed Me. I was sick, and You looked after Me. I was in prison, and You came to visit Me. You know, there, there are so many opportunities with people around us who are going through some difficult things or who are very different than us. And if we'll reach across, if we'll build bridges into people's lives, God can do amazing things into bringing people to Him. And He wants to use us for that. This is our mission. I want to bring Bruce up here because Bruce, um, I've seen Bruce do this and I wanted him to tell you guys about, this is Bruce Wood, and Bruce, tell us about a time where you reached beyond your world. Some of you know that I uh, started learning Spanish a couple of years ago. And God gave me a great opportunity to work at uh, California Baptist University in the kitchen there, um, which uh, most employees there were Spanish speakers. And so I got the opportunity to practice every day. Um, just throughout my time there, I, would, I was constantly asking people the meaning of words that they were saying or things that I wanted to say. And I would try to just, like all day long, I would just try to practice those words that I had learned and stuff. And um, I went from just... When I first got there, just knowing that they were talking about me <laughs> to being able to actually have conversations with people, um, you know, and still missing a couple words. But uh, it was really exciting because um, as I was practicing, I got to know a couple of the, the guys that were there. And um, I even actually went to, to do two different weddings that I had gotten invited to. And I was really surprised that I, you know, had built a relationship with somebody that doesn't even speak English, a couple of guys, um, so much that I'd be kind of welcomed into their family in a sense a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, as time went on, uh, I tried um, talking about Christ and trying to share my faith and just explain about church. And, and it's, it's challenging enough. Um, I, you know, at that time, I was kind of new to, you know, sharing my faith. And it's challenging enough in English, let alone a language you don't know. But I, I, you know, I tried piecing it together, and I had a, a couple of conversations that I think were pretty meaningful. <laughs> and um, it, was, it was just exciting, and um, uh, there were definitely challenges within that, too, because, you know, I got laughed at a number of times for, for saying things, you know, that didn't make any sense, or I cussed people out a couple of times before I realized that I was using swear words. And uh, <laughs> my language is pretty filthy at first, actually, but... <laughs> Um, but it was it was cool. It was definitely a challenge, and um, definitely got in situations where I was uncomfortable because people were talking to me. I just didn't know what they were saying. But um, just kind of just worked through it, and I, I felt really blessed by it. And just it's been a very exciting thing, just to um, you know have that kind of experience with some people that are so different from me. So that's great. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that example. Now I, I really appreciate that because. I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, he's this tall white guy and I'm this Hispanic guy. We've been together in, in a restaurant before, a Salvadorian restaurant, and the waitress came up and she started talking to me in Spanish, and I looked to Bruce and he answered the questions. <laughs> and uh, so he's a good guy to have around. So, But, uh, you know, this is really critical. Again, 
I mean, when you hit these kinds of barriers and we decide not to do anything, then if, if, if all we're willing to do is reach those that we can reach and that we're comfortable reaching, then we're going to have a real limited ministry and scope of, 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 of care and concern. And God wants this to be much, much broader for all of us. And so I just want to encourage you in that way and, and challenge you to reach beyond. Be, be daring enough to reach beyond your world. And that's not going to necessarily mean learn Spanish, but to be, to be trying to think through, how can I move past barriers that might be in my mind? The third thing is this. It says go into all, you know, everyone else, the ends of the earth, is I must care about the whole world. We, we need to have the whole world somehow as a concern in our, in our, in our hearts. Because we were commissioned in all these areas. Jerusalem. So those closest to us. Those you know, near but very different. And then to everyone else. God wants us to have a concern to everyone else. Mark 16.15 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And this can be a pretty touchy subject because it seems offensive to go onto foreign soil and to take religious views somewhere else. Um, and so we can think, well, God probably doesn't mind if we call Him God or if we call Him Allah or if we call Him Buddha or if we call Him any of the other world religions. And so we think, you know, let's just keep religion in the countries where they're Christian countries, but why, why, why is there people going into foreign areas? And, um, but the truth is, God cares about His name. He wants His name to be declared among all the nations. Among all the nations. Among you know, every tribe, tongue, and nation. And He, he is a different God. And he, he, says, he says there is none like Him. He, he declares that he is, he is very, very different. And so, it's really important. It can be touchy and offensive, but it's important that we have the world in our, in our, in our view and in our heart. And I wanted to, to just skip to this um, Psalm 67.2, one of the last Psalms. This is the kind of kingdom-focused perspective we're to have. is that, that, your, that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. That we would keep this, you know, that we would want God's ways to be known throughout the whole world. And we have a handful of people from OCC that are going out or have already gone out um, for this purpose to go internationally or at least out of our area. And I wanted to highlight some of these teams and show you who these folks are. Ask you to be praying for these people. Um, up there, we'll start at the left, Jeremy Peace and Nathan Graham, they already went on this trip. They went to Seattle. It's not a foreign country, but one of the most unchurched cities in our, in our country. And so they went on a trip already uh, for two weeks to share, almost two weeks, I think, to share about Christ with people. Then you have, um, up at the top, you have Cindy Cervantes. She's actually running our PowerPoint right now. And so she's heading out to a region in East Africa and heading out, I think, in a few weeks. In, is it July? June. And so she'll be heading out for, I think, about three weeks. They typically go for about three weeks. And then down at the bottom, Taylor and Brittany Nice left last week. They're in uh, Rwanda. And so they're there. Um, and then up to the top right is Kyle Meyer. He normally plays, he sometimes plays uh, guitar up here. And Kyle is in another area. He's in southern Asia. Some of these areas are closed countries to the gospel, so we can't 
tell you exactly where they're at because it's, it's for safety reasons for them and the people they're working with. And then Teron Starks, bottom right, he's going on a trip to the Philippines. And so just really exciting, the, the areas where, where people have a privilege to go and to be used by God, to take this message of hope into areas where he's not known so that people would declare his name. God is trying to work out a, his, his purpose of bringing all people to himself to worship him. And he wants to use us. He doesn't want us just to be thinking only of this area, but he wants us to have a broad, broad impact. And even though we're not necessarily going on these trips, you can still take part in this through prayer. I'd encourage you to write these names down and be praying for them. There's updates I can give you, um, a website that you can get updates on their trips as well if you're interested. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer as the band comes forward. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for the purposes, God, that you have designed us for. And Lord, um, God, these purposes, these five purposes, are something that they're so weighty, they're so important to you, God. You value them so much that you, you just, you sift a lot of other things out and you, you raise these things up in the Scripture. These, these are the core issues you want us to, to, to live for. And so Lord, help us, especially with this one, the purpose of sharing the good news. Help us not to miss this, because if we do, God, um, God, there's there's just so much uh, there's so much tied into this. And so, Lord, we pray. I pray for everyone here. I pray that all of us would would be a part of this purpose, Lord, that you'd use us to reach the people that we already know, those that are in our family, friends of ours, in our neighborhood, Lord, and not in an obnoxious way, but in a in a natural way, in a genuine way, because. You have, you have reached into our lives and given us a hope that we have discovered and found has given us a, a new meaning. And now, Lord, out of that, we ask that you would, that would spill over, God, into concern for others, Lord, that others would find who you are because this world as we know it is, is breaking down. And, God, what you have to offer is abundant life for all eternity. And, Lord, that's what we want. That's what we need. So, Lord, I pray for that. I also pray you'd help us to reach outside of the world we live in, Lord, to our community, to those we don't know, and even, Lord, out outside of this area, Lord, to the ends of the earth. pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. On the back of the card, you might check one of the next steps today. If there's one of those up there that you see that, that you'd like to respond to, identify with Christ before those in your world or... Pray for and take the first opportunity to share the gospel. <clears throat> or pray for the ISP trip. So we'd, we'd appreciate, they would appreciate your prayers for them. Many of them are in different places, sleeping in, in less than ideal conditions and things that they're not used to, eating foods they're not used to, meeting, interacting, some getting sick. It's very common that people, just their, their health really struggles on these trips. So just ask you to pray for them as they're carrying out the mission.